0: CryptoTalkRadio.net slash Discord will take you straight there, and anybody will be happy to answer any questions you may have. Given that, let's go ahead and jump right into our content for today's episode. Hello, everybody out there. It's a rainy day here. Um, Not in Nevada, by the way, but it's a very rainy day. And it's, uh, it's pretty, it was actually hailing. It, it was pretty intense. We got uh, quite a bit of rain. I don't think the people here are prepared for it. Obviously, I am, you know, kind of a PIMP with this regard. I've got three umbrellas, two in storage. Uh, so I was already ready, didn't have a problem, and I just beat uh, the rain getting back. Turns out Amazon alleges that they delivered a package and they don't deliver it to the building. They deliver it to the other building. In this case, that package ain't there, so I have to get the, that lost, and I'm not happy because that's my new shower head, which I was really looking forward to. I already have one of those rainfall shower heads, so it's not like I'm out of the business, but I'm not happy about this new one being missing in action, and if they had just delivered to this freaking building like I think they should, it probably wouldn't have happened. Now, it's possible, I doubt it, but it's possible that I randomly picked up the package and forgot, but I'm pretty sure I didn't because this one would have been delivered when I was uh, with the Fiber installer. So I have Fiber. That's actually what I'm recording this on, which means my upstream is blazing fast. We're talking uh, 600 megabits a second uh, on average. So it's rated at a gig up and down, but come on, you're not going to get that, especially if there's a bunch of people that have it. And in this building, there's quite a few people that have it. So it doesn't surprise me that they can't get close to a gig. And Plus your hardware plays a good part too. So most computers should be able to pull it, but you're talking, you know, it's rare that you're going to hit the full gig. I guess that's my point. So let's go ahead and skip the preamble. I'll do an announcement just so you have the heads up. I am revamping the intro. So if you're one that, you know, you're tired of the intro, there will be a new intro. It's much shorter. I have to introduce in a different way. I've already done this on Casual Talk. I was very happy with what I got. I... I debated changing the music, but I, I want to keep the music as is. And uh, Bailey, who's over there, I think thinks a bang up job on that. And so with crypto, it's a little bit different. I got to find the exact right voice. And I found one who was, I thought, perfect for the job. Th- this, this, I, I don't want to say it, but I'm going to say it. This chick wanted 260 some odd dollars for a 30 second spot. Now, I, I'm not trying to be crass, but let's just be honest here. In some shady corners of different cities, you can probably get about an hour for a hundred bucks. In fact, if I remember, Porky's Two seems like that's what he charged. I think it was Porky's Two. Is it Porky's Two or Porky's One? Might have been Porky's One. But I'm pretty sure that's what he knows. Porky's Two because of the boat. Uh, well, no. The one segment was, was that one or two? I can't even remember. I hate getting old. I, regardless, Porky's, you know, I'll give you two girls for an hour or three girls for a half hour. That's all. So, so a couple hundred bucks and they get like an hour so this girl trying to charge $260 for 30 seconds with her if if we're gonna say now if there were other less reputable uses of her lips I still wouldn't do it like $260 for the use of your mouth for 30 seconds that doesn't work like it doesn't even matter how much money I make I would never justify it and I would never tell somebody to do this If you're going to charge 260 bucks, I'd better get at least an hour for my troubles. And so in my case, if I do the math and I only want 30 seconds, that means you should be somewhere in the range of about, you know, 20 bucks, 30 bucks, and I can probably swing this for just your mouth, right? Okay, so that didn't work. So then the provider that I went through after this, you know, thing fell through and I said, I'm gonna find somebody else. The provider actually sent me a referral to this other deal to get you know this and that's where I met Bailey and she you know I did a deal and here's the script and I had to tweak the phonetic but got it nailed and it sounds great so I have to find a similar voice to this overpriced chick (laughs) on this referral and then see if I can get the script and then figure out what I want for a crypto talk radio because I there's some additional things I need to give on the crypto side obviously the discord and so on so that's coming I just want to give you the preface on that one so when it does i'll let you know and i'd like you to listen to it we welcome feedback cryptotalkradio.net hit the contact form we want to hear from you hear our discord we always welcome people on the discord let's get into cryptocurrency we're going to skip the transition because we have a lot to talk about the big news of course is that crypto went on a little bit of a pump it didn't last very long but we're still slightly up but it's not it's not what you think it is i will talk about that in a second but Looking at Coindesk.com, and I zoom out to the month chart, and I'm targeting Ethereum in particular. A low of 1551, a high of 1623, settling right now at 1597, just shy of 1600. This sounds certainly better than the 15.5, but it's nowhere close to where we think we should be given the pump that we had. And I'm not dismissing the value of the pump, there was a profit opportunity to be taken. Bitcoin went as high as 26.5, a low of 25.1, hovering just underneath the 26,000 mark. So people expect that we're going to be a little bit over the 26. We're at some strong resistance here. As I look at it, we're in steep red, which tells me we're going right back down. There's a lot of pressure on all the cryptocurrency, and then there's a little bit of fear, and I'll talk about that here in short. First, I want to talk about what happened. What happened that caused this run-up on Bitcoin? Well, what actually happened was a short squeeze against Bit, against Bitcoin itself. And that, of course, affected the larger market. So what happens is there's a lot of gamblers out there and they're shorting, right? So they're shorting the cryptocurrency, which means they're pushing the price down and they're gambling that it's going to keep heading down. Because the theory was that Bitcoin was going to go as low as like 24 grand-ish. When there's a short squeeze, what happens is you get some people that are pushing those shorts you know, shorts out. And so this is what happened with the AMC. This is what happened with GameStop and some others where rich people, because that's what happens, rich people come in and they push the price to the point that these shorters get liquidated because they don't have their stop set up. And then they get liquidated and they get crapped on. And so this push up that's what's really happening it's not that it's a long-term bull run don't let anybody tell you that it is it's not a trap per se but ultimately they just got squeezed out of the business now this is good because it means that the more we can get them out of the way the easier it is to get to a bull run we still got a long way to go and I want to be clear we still got a long way to go Right now, our support line is about 25,000, right? But we don't have any sort of strong bullish indicators or bullish push. We don't have anything that's going to help kick it over the edge. So while we still have this bearish sentiment, we're we're not going to see any kind of a run, but it's still a profit opportunity. Depending on how much you put in there, you could have taken profit off of this squeeze and hopefully you were able to do so. Or you can just sit and wait it out. Right now, as I record this, Ethereum went right back up to the 1600 mark. So let's see if we're able to get a little bit of profit out of what's happening. I think it's good for the short. I just don't want people to have the mistaken impression on a bull run because I don't see this. I talked about the fear. The fear is related to FTX. Poof hair, he's, he's still in jail, but Poof hair, of course, is somehow associated. But what's happening is that FTX has $3.4 billion in cryptocurrency holdings still remaining. There is a nervous sentiment out there. There's been a lot of these large dumps. The government's done it. There was a Voyager dump. There was a Celsius one. And so with this $3.4 billion of FTX, the rumor and innuendo flowing around is that they're going to dump this major amount of cryptocurrency, which may cause some catastrophic price movement downwards. That's a lot of freaking money. We already have lost billions and billions of dollars from the total market cap. If you look at the top on CoinMarketCap, for an example. You've already lost billions and billions of dollars, and it's hard to stabilize this. Well, a $3.4 billion sell would definitely dip Bitcoin, which, of course, would dip everything else. There are some analysts who say, no, it's not anything to worry about. We don't think that's going to happen. We we think it's going to be fine. But then off to the side, there's also some additional sells that were not exposed, but were talked about around the United States government. The story behind this is that when silk road was a thing so silk road was the illicit trading for bitcoin way back in the yesteryears the united states seized a lot of bitcoin from that period the united states has been selling that bitcoin back onto the market and they're selling it essentially at a loss so even though this is a fraction of the total amount that was floating through this conduit it still is causing sell pressure because they're selling it at a loss they're basically as i understand it they're market selling this business They're not selling it at a profit. They're selling it as whatever they can get out of it. There was $216 million, if I recall, ish worth of this Bitcoin. So that's a lot, but it's not the billions that we're talking with FTX. My point is, it's another layer of sales that's happening in addition to what we believe might be happening with this FTX. Again, analysts seem to think that, no, it's not anything to worry about. It's not a big problem. Don't worry about it. It, it's not going to it's not going to cause any harm. I know what you're thinking. If the United States government's dumping all of this bitcoin, what are they doing with the freaking money? My understanding, and I don't I haven't done deep research into this, but my understanding is that they are using it to try to remunerate some of the people that lost money. That's my understanding. They're holding some of it back, but my understanding is they're using some of it to try to make people whole. I might do a little a bit, little bit more deep digging at some point later. I'm not really sure. Another thing that caused a little bit of bearish sentiment, Exchange CoinX had $28 million uh, breached in a hack very most recently on its its hot wallets. So what happened is this address came out of nowhere. It was not associated with CoinX before. So it got somehow associated and then it was able to drain a bunch of money and start draining a bunch of money. This happened starting this, uh, I think it was this morning-ish today. Started moving a bunch of money out, moving a bunch of money out, and then they finally caught it stopped it confirmed that yes we had a hack we're investigating to find out what went on it's not a major impact on our portfolio we caught it at a point however people did some research and they found that the reserves of ether are now close to zero on this coin said we are going to reimburse any customers that were at whatever were harmed by this we're going to try to make you whole on this they halted deposits and withdrawals they plan to do a restart after they do an re- internal review this is not the first time they've been breached, by the way, they were breached years ago. This is like fresh off of, I think we were just like a couple of years fresh off Bitcoin starting to get traded. So we were very new to the idea of central exchange trading on Bitcoin, if I recall correctly. And then CoinEx got hacked back then. And at that time, all of their Bitcoin got taken from them. So this is yet another one of these large scale breaches that's happening all around this. I'm going to talk about another one here soon. <laughs> but I thought this one was signature because again, not, number one, it happened to them before. And number two, their reserves being near zero. And number three, it's yet another, you know, this triggering self-pressure all around. Another thing that caused bearity, you're like, "Jesus, a lot. It, it is a lot. There's a lot that's going on that's causing people to be a little bit skittish. But the most recent one that I think had the biggest impact, the idiot of as I referred to him, and I will hold that stance, especially now, so recently, he had his ex, formerly Twitter account breached and stolen. And people, and he, what happened is they they created a fake a phishing, as it's referred to, p h i s h i n g, a fake site, and they ended up stealing like hundreds of thousands of dollars from people in the name of Vitalik Buter. So the, now I'm going to give a public service announcement before I go further on this. You understand, right, that these people that are super wealthy and they hardly respond to anybody that's not a nerd like them, you understand that they don't give a damn about you, right? They don't care about you. They're not going to respond to you. You know, Leister here at CryptoTalkRadio.net, we talk to everybody that that messages us. But somebody like this that's stanky rich, as 50 Cent would say, they're not going to talk to you. They don't think much of you. They don't care about you. So if they reach out to you and they're telling you to come here and do this and do this and do this, Chances are it's a scam. Chances are it's not real. Chances are it's not legit. And you should not believe what it is that you're seeing. You should question it. You should say, and I know it feels kind of weird, but you should question and say, yeah, chances are this is probably a scam because this person doesn't care about little old me. I'm just saying that as a public service announcement, I strongly recommend you do not fall for the trap of somebody reaching out to you that you know is some kind of a celebrity or wealthy or of high stature. So anyway, when this happened and the breach happens, PecShield gets involved. They say, hey, this is this happened, and we're warning you to stay away from it. Apparently, Vitalik tried to get involved and try to get his account back. People were going back and forth about what happened. I already knew what would happen. It's a SIM swap attack. And the reason I knew this is the very reason that Lyster here at CryptoTalkRadio.net doesn't do a smartphone and does not access Twitter using a phone, doesn't access any site using a phone, because you are putting yourself at risk. And you say, well, no, that they, you know, it doesn't happen to me. Do, do, do. The point is, it could. The point is, it's risky. The whole thing is risky. And people who YOLO into crap like this, just because it's cool, this is what you're asking for. Web apps are, the, to me, the, the most safe way of interacting because they cannot directly talk to your phone. And especially with Twitter, but also other services, when you do the, hey, give, I'll, I'll text you a code. And you enter the code to let you in. Here's the explanation of the SIM swap, and then I'll get to what VidLex said. The SIM swap happens when ultimately your SIM card, which is part of your phone, whether it's an eSIM, which is the one that doesn't have a physical card, or it's a regular SIM, which is the physical card that gets slotted in your phone, and chances are this is something that's out of sight, out of mind for you. It probably was inserted for you by the phone manufacturer when they shipped it to you or when you went to the store. So you don't think about it. But the thing is that SIM has a code and i'm giving this background because life used to work in the business it has a code that's attributed to it and then it's associated to your phone number which is associated to your account in a sim swap attack any sim can be cloned by which i say because they have to be able to reissue it right they have to be able. let's say you lost it you lost your phone or you lost something else they have to be able to reissue this business so they can clone it and they can clone it to anything else a sim swap is nothing more than your sim your code your information got cloned to another SIM, which then ended up in another device, which allowed them to validate who they are on your behalf improperly. This can happen by them just calling the phone company. And maybe you don't have a password on your account that you have to give them verbally. Maybe they were able to social engineer it from you or from somebody else in your family. Regardless, the bottom line is that your SIM gets cloned over to another SIM, which goes to another phone, which allows them access on your behalf because they can receive your text messages. You'd be surprised how easy it is to actually pull this off. It's not hard at all. It's actually very simple. And SIM swap attacks happen all the time. Most notably, to very wealthy people or very notable people, as a result, you see these people getting breached. Well, when Vitaly gets breached, people are going back and forth and saying, "No, I don't think it's a SIM attack. He wouldn't be that stupid." And I'm, you know, I'm I'm laughing. I'm not laughing at the situation. It's not funny. I'm laughing at the the sheer naivete. That somebody who invented Ethereum would somehow, that it has anything to do with raw intelligence. It doesn't. The reason I call him the idiot Vitalik has nothing to do with his brain power. It has everything to do with the way he acts and the way he presents himself and what he does. See, when you're a nerd, when you're a true nerd, and I would attribute myself to be a nerd, which is why I know. When you're a true nerd, the temptation is to go all in on technology in all its forms. But people don't understand, you know, when you unplug from the matrix, you realize some technology is great and some technology ain't that good. If I look at, you know, regular cell phones, I think regular cell phones are fine. Mobile, portable, not sitting at home. I'm sorry, sitting at home. I think you should have a home phone that you use. I know it sounds weird, but the reason for this is very simple. A cell phone by default is going to be open for what? Text messaging. There used to be a point where text messages charged you. Every single time you got a text, you were charged. They turned it unlimited. When they turned it unlimited, all of these web services start saying, yeah, just verify your text and we'll let you in. And then what happens? You get these SIM swap attacks because they now know the the crooks, the bad guys now know, well, everybody's just jumping on board with this text message business. And nobody's thinking about keeping themselves safe anymore. Your home phone is safe from that garbage. Your home phone cannot be cloned in that regard. Your home phone cannot be breached in that regard. The most they could do in the old days of copper is physically tap your line out the side of your house. You you had a measure of safety. In a cell phone world, your safety is being eroded. And that's what happened with the, the idiot. And the thing is, he's not thinking about it. He's not thinking that anybody would try to do it. He's not thinking that he, maybe he even felt like, okay, nobody's going to breach my, bill, my business and all this other stuff. Quote, in his statement, Ethereum founder, Bulerin explained the behind the scenes of the hacking incident he recently experienced. bulerin's account was taken over by hackers and cryptocurrency users were targeted using phishing, P-H-I-S-H-I-N-G, a fraud method. It has been reported many users fell into this trap and lost their money to fraudsters. In his statement on a social media account, Vilik Buterin said that fraudsters took control of his phone number with social engineering tactics and the SIM swap method. He stated that the officials of the mobile operator he was using were deceived and his SIM card was moved over to another SIM card. So just to be clear what that's really happening here. In this case, the SMS, the two-factor, was not, that was not the root cause. The root cause was his phone number itself. I'll continue and then I'll circle back because I think it's a good educational point because I want you to stay safe. Quote, the attackers who captured the phone number were able to control the Twitter account where Vitalik Buterin added his number. Buterin said that he did not use a two-factor authentication type of security measure through his phone number, but he still lost control of the account because of the phone number he added to the app for Twitter Blue. With the SIM swap tactic, even accounts with two-factor authentication security measures turned on are at risk because fraudsters can redirect SMS sent to their phone numbers to themselves with this method. Stop. Let me explain in simple form. Number one, he signs up for Twitter Blue. Twitter Blue requires you give them a phone number in order to buy that. When you do the Twitter Blue and you do the phone number, it requires you send a text message to, quote, verify who you are. This is required by the Twitter blue itself. So the Twitter blue itself creates an insecurity in a way because it's forcing a text message. I actually had, I actually sent Elon that message and said, you should not be required a text message for this. Text messages are the least secure way of, and it doesn't verify anything. It's, it's a joke. So then what they, what they do when he says social engineering attack, basically what they did, the fraudsters, the bad people, they contacted the, the carrier, I can almost guarantee you, by the way, that it was Verizon. I don't know for a fact, but I'm saying I can almost guarantee it was. <laughs> Could have been T-Mobile, but a chance starts was Verizon. So, okay, they contact the carrier, whoever the carrier is, and they pretend to be either him or somebody in his family to gain access to the account. Them being able to do this means that either he didn't have a password or the password was something dumb simple, that's public that's publicly available, something where they could have gotten it and figured out how to do it. Allegedly, the people on the other line, so the customer service reps were deceived. Somehow, the only way that would happen is these were really good people. Usually, not making any guarantee or statement of definitive fact. I'm saying usually this indicates an inside job. Inside job in the sense that it's somebody that knew him, it's somebody that was aware of somehow aware of something that would have allowed them access because you know again i mean geez with my carrier i'm not even on a post paid and it's hard even i forget exactly what the security freaking code is because i did it so long ago it's kind of out of sight of the mind however it's not something common which is why that's why i did it i did it because i didn't want to be guessed or anything you like even i when i think about it i'm like oh yeah that's right you'd have to know you know what at the time, my thought process was when I set the code. And the code is one of three codes that I use. And each code has a purpose. One code's for banking, one code is for generic whatever garbage. One code is when I'm forced to put five characters. You know, okay, it's five characters long. You still have close to, you know, hundreds of thousands of iterations to try to get through, and the characters mean something. They actually mean it actually translates to something. And when I think about it, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. That's why it's the code. Chances are he had something that was dumb, simple, something that he had no business setting because there's no way that anybody could have easily guessed it unless it's publicly available information. So, you know, think people that put codes and it's your birth date or it's the number to your address or it's, a, you know, your kid's birthday. I don't think he has kids, but you know what I'm saying? It's, it's usually it's something easily guessed where somebody just happened to get lucky on it and then the people's verification was stupid. Everything else is public record, you know, somebody's address or whatever. So that rep, they do whatever verifications, they pass this person. Or maybe it could have said, hey, I'm his wife or whatever, you know, and that's even worse. (laughs) And then they say, okay, well, I lost my phone. Or they say that it's not working or I need to, you know, swap to a new phone or I need to do something. And then the rep will clone, literally clone the SIM card over to a different physical card that when you do that if it's a lost so when they say hey i lost my phone and they clone it to a new one so they basically do a new provision a new card they deactivate the old one this is when he would have lost access they would have gained access and then you're like if he wasn't using two-factor how's that possible because when you do twitter blue again it has to do the text message to verify you when you get in there when you log into twitter if you're logging in from a foreign ip or a foreign location or whatever it is it's then going to send you a message to say, we just want to verify who you are and make sure that you are who you say you are. So, it, again, there's a process to this, but the bottom line is it all circles back to a cell phone. And if you're if you're using cell phones for these services, it actually gets very much easier to get yourself breached, and that's likely what happened here. So then people lost hundreds of thousands of dollars, and I don't feel good overhearing that. It's unfortunate that that happened, and I'm sorry that that happened, but the lesson for everybody is not again it's not to avoid cell phones i'm saying be careful when you're giving away cell phones or you're just willingly going all in on text messages or you're you're not being mindful of the value of voice calls you know some services want to hear your voice right and then they record your voice like my bank i can call and it recognizes my voice and that's what lets me in now AI could theoretically recognize my voice. Well, beyond that, you also have to verify other information that's not public record. And you have to go to like three levels to be able to do it. Number one, it has to be a phone number that's recognized. The phone number that's on that account is not one that can be SIM swap attacked. Number two, once you get past that, you have to verify again, non-public information to get past it. You then have to verify my voice of what it is. And it's looking at the location and IP. It's looking at all these things to understand is it likely that person or is it likely somebody else? And that's, to me, solid security that doesn't require me have a smartphone. That bank in particular, they don't even care if I use a smartphone or not, which is why I like them so much. The last announcement I will make here today, and I'll wrap up. Stellar XLM. Stellar XLM was doing a bunch of hype and a bunch of shilling and a bunch of all this other stuff coming, and you'd heard the term buy the rumor, sell the news, and that's what people did. Well, basically what they were doing is they were creating a whole new website for stellar overall and stellar is the name of the organization XLM is the name of the token but this is what this is going to be a whole new web whole new web experience whole new everything apparently and they had a count you know three two one and then apparently it just didn't work <laughs> it didn't work and nothing really happened and you know ultimately the price tanked it went on a crapper people are saying you know what we're, we're, we're gonna keep muscling on and we realize this is a minor setback and we're sorry that happened, but we are going to recover and get back up where we are. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm a fan of Stellar XLM. I do think that it's a good organization. I think it's a good token. I think it's a great investment. But this, this isn't unusual. You know, this happened with a lot of different projects. You know, they. I, I wish projects would stop doing countdowns because it seems like none of them get it right, frankly. I wish they would stop. I wish they would just say, you know what it'll be ready when it's ready and then announce what it is and i tenfold though i may be i think they do it on purpose i think they do it to generate the very hype that allows them to possibly dump i'm not saying that they're trying to harm you i'm saying that they want that money they want that money money yeah yeah and so they do these artificial pumps because again it seems like every project does the same darn thing and i get sick of it but it is what it is that's what i got for you here today I am going to be uh, back on Thursday, and hopefully audio is sounding a little bit better. I'm actually borrowing my Endeavor's microphone for now, and I'm waiting for the shippers to show up with my desk so I can set up my regular computer so I can post-process. Then once I get all that set up, you'll hear a new intro, and I will put an announcement out in Discord and Twitter when that comes. And I encourage you to just give it a listen. If you normally skip the intro two minutes, that's fine. I have no problem with it. But for the new intro, I do recommend you take a listen on it. I think you're going to like what you hear. And my goal, again, is to keep the episodes down to roughly about 30 minutes as much as I can. I want to be respectful of your time, mindful of your time. I know it's a little bit of a shift, but we're in a rough spot right now in cryptocurrency. And I don't want to waste your time, necessarily, talking about too much irrelevant things until we can kind of get out of these holes and we got a ways to go. Seems like 2024 is really our target. Keep tuned. I will still do the coverage that I do. And if I see something before you do, I will definitely bring it to your attention and let you know what my thoughts are on that point. That's going to do it for today's episode of Crypto Talk Radio, found at cryptotalkradio.net. I want to thank you for listening here today. I know you have choices, whether you're a new listener or a subscriber. We appreciate each and every one of you. Check out our site, cryptotalkradio.net. We have a contact form, the links at the very top. We'd love to hear from you and how we're doing and what you like or what you don't like. We read each and every one of those. Also check out our triad. The triad is a community that we're working to build forward of strong, smart investors, the ones that want to lead us into the next generation of cryptocurrency to evolve cryptocurrency into a more mature investment strategy for people, help people as they're growing and they get into this space. We don't want the ones that say the word "jeet" and the ones that will say the word Keck. We want the ones that treat this as a serious thing. Join us on our journey. Until next time, take care, be safe. Please don't YOLO into projects, any project. It doesn't matter what it is. To be smart with your investments, make sure you always keep a roof over your head, food on your table, your family comes first. Don't get stuck in this. Our goal is to try to help keep you safe, but we're only an informing source. There are a lot of sources out there, some of which are not really looking out for you. They're looking out for themselves. So always be careful with the advice that you take and what you do with that information is up to you, but just be smart about it is all we ask.